He is Eldar. This is the Fat Packs Podcast, and it's brought to you this week by the Collective Card Club, Monster Breaks, and our friend Sparty Hawk and the Sparty Hawk Cash Hotline. What's going on, Eldar? What's up, man? What's going on, man? I guess this makes us like a podcasting duo or Th- something This like makes that. us a podcasting duo. For all you out there who have been fans of the show, this is episode 299, by the way. We're, we're, we're pushing up on 300 next week. Uh, which hopefully will be a big one for you if I don't have to ship all my equipment out because we're going to Toronto. But uh, if uh, if you if, obviously the the name Eldar means nothing to you, we're going to get into that who he is and uh, and where he came from and everything like that. But before we do all that, I want to go ahead and talk about the new products and new pricing that are out this week. Uh, new pricing, nada. I don't think we got a single thing newly priced this week. So there's that. Okay. Right, so you don't have to worry about that. But we do got a lot of new products coming out. Uh, took a look over there at our new products calendar, and 2017-18 Panini Immaculate Basketball uh, has came out. Season started last night, so well, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it started two nights ago uh, with with a couple of games. But the 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 big night is tonight, Wednesday night, as we're recording on Wednesday morning. Uh, that that that's all kicked off for you, or tipped off for you uh 2018 historic autographs original baseball strip cards that's a pretty dope set uh panini phoenix football has came out super pack football 20th anniversary edition tops five-star baseball and 2018 tri-star hidden treasures autographed mini football helmets uh are coming out this week as well in fact they come out the day of release here so Eldar, you're not a big sports fan. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I can't say I know too much about sports outside of like any sort of fighting or sure. anything like that. But yeah, when it comes down to basketball, baseball, football, sure, that's where my knowledge is a little bit weak. But I can help you out if you're looking for anything involving comic books, okay. which is where I operate here. Right. In Rebecca, I'm on the CBCS, the comic book side of things. Uh, I can help you out with non-sports collectibles. Sure. Video games, even though like we don't do anything with video games here. Video games, like man, anything geeky that comes up in this podcast, Mm -hmm. I'll help you out. (laughs) I think we need to. I don't know. We can really rename the podcast because it's been fat packs for so long, and I don't want it to go away. I love the name, but don't ever change the name. But I mean, if we could call this the Geek and the Jock, we'll be okay. The Geek and the Jock, it'd be like Fighter and the Kid. The Fighter and the Kid, right? That's us. That's a that's a good podcast, by the way. So uh, love that podcast. um, We can we can definitely play with it a little bit here but uh i don't want to get too far into your expertise yet as we're going to save we're going to save that for the last seven as we interview you here but i did want to ask you a question here i I just mentioned the uh the 20 2018 tristar hidden treasures autograph football mini helmets so what let me explain this product to you okay it's it's you see this helmet here i got here it's yeah i'm looking at it i'm touching it so it's a it's a mini version of a helmet okay so it's smaller okay and is it? I feel like I could put that on my head. Well, not that. I'm talking about what the product that we're talking about. The 20. 20- oh. <laughs> okay, there you go. So if you could open up a product, mm-hmm. and it's a so it's a mini football helmet autograph product. Yeah, and you could literally get a Tom from a Tom Brady down to, you know, I know the value of Tom Brady. Exactly. Okay, so. <laughs> If like if you could just open, would you would that be something you'd be interested in? Like just take a random shot on on a random football helmet autograph from it might be Tom Brady, it might be Jan Sonnerud. You don't know. I love that. It's like a draft, right? Yeah, for, right. For like like a trading card draft or like an opening pack or anything sure. like that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that would be. Uh, it's intriguing to me. I've never done it, but I've always like been right there. I'm like. How, do you, how does that how does that process even even go for 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 listeners? How does that? So it's it's really just a pack. It's it's. Equivalent to a pack of cards. If you if you go to your hobby shop, you go to your local local hobby shop, and you say, "Hey, I, I want two packs of Heritage or whatever, yeah, you know, what whatever it is." This is the same concept. They have them on the shelf, okay. And you say, "Hey, uh, I want I want the third one," and they they pull down the third one in the row. And so the value could be anywhere. I mean, how much would a Tom? How much would a Tom Brady one go for? Tom, it, if it's a mini one, probably. Probably four or five hundred dollars. That's a good. That's a decent snack. Yeah, for I mean, a little that's mini, yeah. Depending on what it was, like if it was just a straight Patriots helmet and it was Tom Brady or it having kind of. I mean, Tom Brady autograph cards sell for around five to six, depending on what they are right, 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 or yep. what they're from. So I think I think three to four hundred dollars on a mini helmet would be yeah, yeah. would be fair. I think I, so. I mean, you see what happens, but it's a it's that's a concept that I uh, that I want I want to I want to try sometime. Okay. Uh, I'll, Companies you personally, like, yeah, like me personally. Oh, like we okay. don't even do them in the office. Typically, we get 
we get part yeah, it's of, usually like actual like sports memorabilia, like like baseball cards, yeah, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, it, I mean, maybe if TriStar wanted to send some over this way, we would love to. How open do we them. get in contact with those guys? Oh, Jeff, he's easy. We just pick oh, up the phone and call him. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah. Wow, look at us with the connections over here. Yeah, look at that. Backs. Look at that. So uh, it's real simple to to get involved with 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 TriStar. I think that maybe we should reach out to him though and try that. Yeah, we should. Um, is, that would be fun. Now, uh, again, you are you're the geeky side of things, and I'm not, and I, I say that with all respect and everything. Oh no, no, no! I um, think I think geek is one of the most positive ways to 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 call somebody that that loves what I do. Okay, well there you go. Uh, you're you're working over with the CBCS yeah. side of things. Yeah, currently uh, CBCS. Yep, and I wanted to run down some new comic books. We haven't done this uh, done this ever. Yes, on on the fat Here pack. We go. But this is uh, some new comic books that are coming out. This week, and I mean, it's a big list. I'm not going to hit all of them, but I think there are some some uh, ones here that I, I want to hit. And we'll start with Star Wars Darth Vader number 22. Uh, are you are you a big Star Wars fan? Uh, big Star Wars fan. Um, what's the most recent uh, bit of Star Wars news that we have? Um, uh, what's his name? James Earl Jones. Okay. Yeah, he's back doing some animation. Very um, nice. And uh, for for Star Wars, um, watch Solo this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Big fan of the original trilogy. Just trying to catch everybody up on what I like here. Um, not, not actually like a big disparaging fan of the Clone Wars and like the 2001 era of Star sure. Wars, which I kind of feel like I'm outside of the camp on that one. Probably Have you seen those. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind them. Revenge of the Sith and all mm-hmm. that. Like they're they're fine. And some of the novels and some of the comics and stuff like that. But but really, I think one of the best line of Star Wars comics was was the Darth Vader series. Mm-hmm. It's one of the more popular ones. It's why it's probably on the right. List. It's on the list. Yeah, yeah, right there. Heavily advertised, but no, I haven't read that one. I'm still trying to catch up on all my readings, so uh, but I can definitely, I, I can definitely recommend the Darth Vader um, set to, to yeah, listeners. The Star Wars Darth Vader series is is very popular. Huge. It's, it's it's it takes Vader. I know that you know, there's, there's there's this whole other lexicon in Star Wars literature mm-hmm. that you know that you don't see in the films. They explore so, the they explore the Jedi and the Sith more in detail right, than yeah. the movies do. And That's always been what drew me to it. So this comic book uh, this comic book series is is a very popular one uh, with readers. So if you're new to comics, it's, it might be somewhere to start with you. The good thing there is, is it's only number twenty two, so you can't. I mean, yeah, you're you still know. early. You're still yeah. in the game. I, I imagine there's people listening that. Maybe didn't even know Star Wars had comic books out there. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe like not. I, I know the no- novelizations are more popular, mm-hmm. but so uh, the next one I wanted to mention is in a movie that is absolutely killing it right now in the box office, which is Venom. So Venom Annual Number One comes out today. Uh, what what a character is as uh, diverse as Venom is because so, like there's so many different layers to Venom. That's very true. That's very true. You got you got Venom, anti Venom. Yeah. Uh, his off not off well I guess offspring um, Carnage you got Venomverse that spawn off outside of Venom just what were you, you going to say though well it was just with with a character that is that they almost ruined in Spider Man three no I would say they ruined with to- with yeah. to- with Topher Grace's yeah. Venom I yeah. would say that uh, the character cinematically was dead well yeah so <laughs> what the, what they've done now with this new this new this new movie and uh, oh god what's his name that plays him Tom Hardy Tom Hardy yeah who is amazing amazing yeah. amazing character actor did you so, did, did you see Dunkirk yeah yeah so what he was able to do with just his eyes in that movie oh, of course yeah. that was crazy I don't know how he was able to give such character to that but we're not talking about here that. Uh, so that that's coming out this week mm-hmm. uh, another one I want to mention is Teen Titans number twenty three uh, Teen Titans ha- has a new TV show that is very dark. Yes, and very. We're not uh, going to say what the main takeaway from that comic was. It the Comic Con trailer? Yeah. yeah, but we know what it is. Yeah, we know what it is. <laughs> uh, so there's my son didn't like it. <laughs> he uh, he's a big um, he's, he's a no. big Batman fan. So oh, like, so, so, so the, especially didn't like what yeah, he had to say about Batman. <laughs> exactly. So Teen Titans uh, number twenty three is out, and then uh, there's there's a few more that you could you can go check out. But there the, there's one more that I didn't want to mention that back back up here. Batman number fifty seven. So this is a new reincarnation of Batman and uh, Batman, Nightwing, and Justice League. They all have new comic books out this week. Batman's such a time honored uh, character and, and legendary. And, character. And, so uh, to see him, we've, again, we've never talked about comic books here on the show. To see him be reincarnated every you know five, six, seven years into something different, and it, it's 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 it's, it's, cool. it's, 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 it's cool. It's it's it's, 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 it's 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 it's
he comes back in a different way quite often. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, he started off as a comical character. Right. Back in uh, what was it, the detect- Detective Comics in, mm-hmm. in the thirties or or forties. Right. Um, and now he's this. Basically, there was an advent of, of Batman, like in the Silver Age of comics, and he is now just this extremely dark character. But he obviously he didn't start that way, and sure. I think. I think it's interesting seeing where Batman is going. Like, is he going to just get darker? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be more humanized? Because that was one disconnect, I think, that uh, I have with, like, a Bruce Wayne-type character. Is right. He's so brooding. Right. He's so dark. He's so angry. I, I haven't argued. I, I, I'm not a huge Batman fan, but, but I, I, it's talked about a lot in my house because my son is. So and, your son's Batman. Yeah. What are you? I'm Superman. <laughs> All right, I'm, I gotta go Superman. I'm a, I do, dude, I'm pretty sure I have like literally Superman comic books in my backpack right, right now. <laughs> I'm a Marvel guy through and through. So, no, no, that's okay. So totally I, cool. I tease my son all the time, whose name is Eli, and I, oh. I I tease him all the time. I'm like, hey, you know, Batman's just Tony Stark, right? You know, he's like, just like a dude with <laughs> yeah. money because <laughs> he calls him a superhero. I'm like, he's not super. Not he really. has no powers. He he just it's all money and tech. Well, and, he he got superpowers <laughs> sometimes, which which of course you know they have to like. Like in like spinoff comic books, they'll sure. give him superpowers and stuff like right. through like weird ways. Like he'll like get Superman's powers for like a day or something like that. And it's ridiculous. Ah. I like that. And then I did say we were going to wrap this up, but there's one more. Uh, Daredevil number six oh nine is coming out this week. Uh, wanted to mention that because the Netflix series Daredevil uh, season three premieres on the 18th, so yes. on Friday, uh, which I absolutely love. That that's my favorite Marvel series on Netflix right now. Um, Kind of sad that they that they canceled season three of Iron Fist. Yeah, it's gone. It, that, that sucks because the Iron the first season of Iron Fist was horrible. I didn't like Bad. it. But I but I the heard sec- good things about season two. Se- the second season was light years better than season one. But and, but they ended it. He's still gonna make an appearance in um, Marvel TV universe. Okay. Content, so he'll still be in like presumably if they make a Defender season two. Yeah. He'll be in there. Et cetera, et cetera. See, Defender, see, the Defenders was only ever meant to be a season one, a, a one season standalone, right? But I think now that they they need to bring it back because there's so much the way that Iron Fist ended in season two, they could do it better. Is that like they need to bring that back? I think so. They absolutely have to do that. All right, uh, let's get to our interview. We're going to interview Michael Moore this week. Not that Michael Moore, but another Michael Moore. Uh, he's from he's from the Pro Wrestling Torch, and he is their collectibles writer. And since we're in the middle of Slamoween, we like to talk about wrestling and Halloween and everything, uh, all all things there entailed. He is their collectibles writer for Pro Wrestling Torch, and he's going to jump on the uh, on the line here on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline, and we're just going to run down. Um, the current state of wrestling collecting, uh, UFC collecting, fighting collecting, and he used to, the interesting thing is he used to write for Beckett too. Back in two thousand, from like oh one to oh seven, he wrote for uh, for Beckett mostly football stuff. But he's going to hop on the line with us here, and then we're going to come back on the other end of that with a little bit of Buck, Beckett whatevs. We'll get to know Eldar a little bit better and uh, run down some uh, some things that are happening this weekend in the Dallas Fort Worth area and some other shows around the country. Guys, hang tight, and we will be right back. Hi guys, my name is Mike Fruman. I own Colorado's best card shop, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, and you are listening to Beckett Radio. Joining us up next on the uh, Fat Packs podcast is my new friend, Michael Moore. I'm calling you my new friend because I found out uh, off air that uh, he once got confused for the other Michael Moore who went on a rant at the Academy Awards, but that's not him. This guy works for the Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Torch. He writes an incredible collectibles article there. And since we're in the middle of Slamoween, uh, I thought, why not? Let's talk about let's talk about wrestling collectibles with the real guys over at PW Torch. What's up, Mike? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, man, I'm, I'm I'm so blessed that you're here. You are uh, 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 a breath of fresh air in the collectibles industry because you know we see it from the Beckett side, and we'll lay out what you used to do for Beckett. But writing for writing for writing about collectibles for a wrestling uh, podcast slash uh, website uh, and old old dirt rag. How does that? How did how did you come into that? Well, I had uh, I've got a background in writing uh, and journalism. I was a, a newspaper editor slash reporter for uh, about ten years and. Uh, was doing a lot of freelance writing too. And I'd, I'd done some work for Beckett and for uh, pro wrestling illustrated and uh, some other publications. And then uh, in 2011, Wade Keller, the editor of, of the torch um, just put out a call for um, looking for some contributors. And 
kind of decided to combine two of my favorite things, which are uh, wrestling and uh, collectibles, mostly trading cards, but other stuff as well. And uh, been doing it for about seven and a half years now. That's awesome. Now let's talk about trading cards. Usually, when I have a guest on, the first question I ask them is, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in the hobby. Uh, I wanted to set the precedent of you of you being a, a knowledgeable wrestling uh, fan first. So, now tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and how long have you been collecting cards? Well, I uh, started, I think, probably in about 1985. I uh, uh, my sister bought me a pack of. Um, uh, trading cards from the TV series V and oh, yeah, okay. uh, was a big fan of that. So, so, uh, got into those. And then shortly after that, the uh, WWF cards from uh, the tops made in 85 or 86. Um, and then it really got heavily into cards in, uh, 87 when my friend and I started collecting uh, 87 tops baseball, the greatest set and on so, earth, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I love the design. And, uh, so I, once I got into that, I, uh, you know, got more into, I, I was never a real big baseball fan, but I loved, Trading cards, and so from there, I got branched out into collecting hockey and football and uh, and wrestling and you know different things like that. Now, you, you you mentioned earlier you spent some time writing for Beckett from that was like in the in the early two thousands uh, through the mid two thousands. Uh, well, yeah, that decade. So uh, how did how did you get hooked up with that? And you said you you wrote you mostly wrote football then, right? Yeah, yeah, I uh, was. Um, as a kid growing up, that there was two magazines I'd always read, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated and Beckett, and uh, I'd always wanted to do some work for one or both of them. And so once I kind of got my, my feet underneath me and started my job in, in the newspaper business and had some clips, I just uh, I had actually interviewed for a job with Beckett as a uh, working for on, on the uh, grading side of things and uh, talked to the folks there, and they said, you know, we'd really like to have you as a, as a contributing writer, if you're interested. So I said, yeah, absolutely. That's what I wanted to do really. And so, uh, started writing, um, some articles in uh, 2001 and did that for about six or seven years. And, uh, mostly football. I had a, a collection on kind of or a, a, a column, monthly column on rising stars for a little while, and then did some different, uh, different types of features on, you know, each, each draft and some things like that. One of my favorites I did, was in 2005. Um, they had me do an article um, talking about how bad some of the football player autographs had gotten. Sure. And uh, and and the writers and the editors, you know, um, had little kids at the time and had them sign, you know, three and five year old kids sign their name and compare <laughs> it next to uh, to Michael Vick. And uh, I, that was the draft where uh, Vernon Morrissey, drafted by the Texans, came out and uh, was just uh, his autograph was a check mark essentially. Oh and no. And so. Uh, the, the really funny thing about that is, um, you know, I live in Casper, uh, Wyoming now. I've been here for 15 years. But uh, I got that call, and I started making some calls on uh, talking to try and talk to different people about uh, sloppy signatures and how it impacts the hobby and the values and all that. And uh, this was – I didn't have a cell phone at the time, but I get home, check my voicemail, and I've got three or four messages from the NFL Players Association freaked out wanting to know why I'm writing a story on this, what my goal is, uh, you know, who assigned this to me. And, and I, I still don't know how they got my number because I hadn't reached out to them at, at any point, but I thought it was pretty funny that, you know, here I am a writer up in, you know, little Casper, Wyoming, and I'm getting calls from the, from the NFLPA freaked out about something I'm working on. The NFLPA is uh, a power. Well, they're not as powerful as the NBA uh, PA in that organization, but uh, they they they're resourceful. If anything else, you know they 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 can find you. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so man, I've been checking out your columns on uh, on on pwtorch.com, and you wrote you wrote a piece recently, uh, the collectibles column, PWGBOLA. That's the Battle of Los Angeles cards return for the third year. So uh, before we get into this, I wanted to mention that at the very beginning of this month at Slamoween, we were. Uh, talking internally here at Beckett, and we we had a conversation on air here about how we would really love to see a an independent uh, organization have have a have somebody have a license, whether it be like a Tops or an Upper Deck or Cryptozoic or somebody like that, and get us autographs from these independent wrestlers that that we don't see, and that opened up a, a whole new world of sets like you wrote about uh, this. What well, it came out just a couple of days ago, uh, this Battle of Los Angeles. Um, set it's it's just it's all these independent wrestlers that we all know and love 
that we've never seen on cardboard. And to be honest with you, this opened my eyes. I didn't know that this was even a thing. So why don't you break this down for us? Uh, how long has this been going on, and what has it turned into? Well, independent wrestling cards kind of started to, I don't even want to say pick up steam, but the, fir- the first few kind of started surfacing around 2010. Um, there were some little ones here and there that people, little independent promotions would have printed for their shows, and they would hand them out. Um, and really, in the last couple of years, it's, it's really picked up as it's become easier and more affordable to, to print things out. And uh, the designer of the PWG cards in particular is a guy by the name of Brian Ubbin, U-B-B-E-N, and uh, Brian DeBrain on Twitter. Um, but he did it the first year just as a uh, just as something fun to do. He's a, he's a graphic designer, and he just thought he would uh, design some uh, some trading cards for that year's tournament. And this was in 2016 and uh, hand them out to the to the audience there and he handed them out and uh, the the design on the original ones was based on a, uh, a WCW card set from 1990 and he also um, he was a, he was a pokemon collector as a kid and so he remembered you know rare type inserts and things and so what he did was he also printed four uh, rare or bonus cards that weren't part of the set but that he would randomly hand out with with sets as he distributed them and these things just caught fire i yeah. mean they they immediately um within a couple of weeks start, you know, he was handing them out. He wasn't looking to, to mass market these things or anything, but these things are selling at the time for $150 a set, you know, and uh, it's, it's that, that 2016 set, especially when you look back at it, um, it's just loaded with guys who, you know, the last couple of years have become top stars in either WWE or new Japan or on the independence. I mean, you've got cards of uh, uh, ricochet, um, You've got there's a card, uh, an extra card of the Young Bucks and Kevin Owens. I don't know, sorry, it's Young Bucks and Adam Cole in that set. Um, you've got uh, uh, Kamatachi, which is uh, Hiromo Takahashi now in, in New Japan. You got Brian Cage. You've got, I mean, if you look back at that tournament, it's amazing how many top guys came out of that. And so he's done that for the last three years. And uh, HighSpots.com actually this year um, printed up a bunch of extra sets and mailed them out in their monthly subscription box. Uh, but then what else is really cool with those is uh, High Spots also ha- is offering sets uh, that are signed by everybody in the tournament, except oh, wow. for uh, there was one individual who didn't didn't make it to the tournament. So, but it's a twenty three autograph twenty three card autograph set of uh, everybody in that tournament, and they're selling it for a hundred bucks. And uh, I, I have not picked one up this year. I've got the basic set, but I bought uh, I bought last year's autograph set, which again was you know, some pretty big names in there with uh, Ricochet and Marty Skrull and. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and um, just a, just a uh, Jeff Cobb and just a bunch of others who uh, Keith Lee, who's new to NXT, um, a lot of other guys in there. So, so that's really cool. And uh, Brian's done some other work recently for um, AAW All American Wrestling, based out of Chicago. Um, he's got a setup for them that they uh, do have. I just ordered a set from them, so they've got a few left of, of the AAW sets, and that's got cards from. Man, you name it. It's got uh, again uh, Bandito, who's well, I'm not sure if Bandito's in that set, so I better not say that. But uh, but it's got uh, MJF, who's a real big uh, star on the indie scene right now, and it's got you know all of the big indie guys right now in that set. Um, so he's done that. There are some of those available if you just look up uh, AAW's Twitter account and you message them, and they they have some available. The uh, PWG cards, unfortunately, are sold out. Brian only prints you know a limited number of sets to hand out, and uh, um, and, and a few that he sends to uh, collectors like myself, but uh, it's amazing. I, I know a lot of guys that that's their that's their highlight of the year is waiting for that set to come out, and uh, they just can't wait to get a hold of it. And it's it's really cool. One of the things too with um, independent cards is uh, a lot of times you can find um, cards of kind of before they were stars cards of, of guys who are big in WWE now. Uh, this guy named Brian Kelly in Missouri who started as a fan started printing these cards for uh, a project called Missouri wrestling revival. And, um, one of the cards he had in there, I think he started this set in 2008. Um, and he was selling one at a time and they were, you could buy them for a dollar a piece, uh, on his site. And one of the big cards he had in there was Tyler black, who at the time was the ROH world champion. Right. And, uh, of course is now Seth Rollins. And, uh, that card has gone on to become, uh, you know, you can find graded copies of it for going for a hundred bucks, 150 bucks, nice. you know, and he's had, uh, uh, El Generico in that set, Sami Zayn, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other guys who've, who've gone on to be big names. That's, um, it, it, yeah, it's, it's, 
as I was saying, it, it's just uh, something that I, I wasn't really even aware that was out there. And then uh, a, actually a listener of the show turned me on to, to your, your column. So I had to take a look at it. And it's to know that I, there's a Tyler Black floating out there that's that's selling for a hundred dollars and you know graded copies. That's that's really cool. A lot of them, you know, I, you know, the hardcore guys they know who Tyler Black is, but you know, this new generation of fan probably only knows him as Seth Rollins, and they don't realize the incredible independent career he had before he landed in uh, NXT and the WWE. So that's that's really awesome to know it's out there. Another set that that caught my eye uh, was. An amazing event just just a few weeks ago was the uh, the all in set, and yeah. when, when I saw this, I was like, "This is the Cody's in there, and just you know, just everybody's in it." And uh, I see in your column here there was a there's a, a wrestling uh, was it wrestling card eighteen that got a few of these signed out there. What were you able to to find out about this set? Sorry about that. You broke up. Could you repeat that? I'm sorry. Yeah, just the last part of that. Uh, well, there's a there's the, the set itself, and then there's a, a collector. I want to get his name right, his Twitter handle right. Uh, Wrestling card 18 on Twitter. He was able to get some of these signed. Um, what, oh, yeah. what were you able to find out about the set in general, and and like what what were your takeaways from it? Um, the set I think is still available at highspots.com. Uh, they all they mailed that out with uh, one of their monthly boxes too. And uh, that, that's where I got mine from. Um, they were like 20 bucks for the set. Um, and it's, uh, I forget how many cards are in it, but pretty much everybody on that show, you know, you got Cody, you got the Bucks, you got uh, Kenny Omega, you've got MJF, Bandito, um, you know, who's really, Bandito and MJF are two guys who have really caught some fire in the independent scene. And uh, they've both got cards in there, which are first time cards, I believe. Um, and, uh, yeah, so a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but there were people that uh, got sets and took them to All In Weekend to StarCast and uh, to get signed. And, and uh, the, the guy you're talking about, uh, Wrestling Trading Cards on uh, Twitter, has some uh, really cool ones he's managed to get signed at that event. He got Bandito and he got uh, uh, quite a few others. The, the set itself is really cool. Um, I'm not sure who produced it. Uh, somebody produced it for High Spots, and then they sent it out with their crates. But... Um, the cards are really nice. They're really well done, real professional photos. Um, they do have kind of a heavy gloss on the front of them. Okay. So autographs are a little challenging on the front. But one of the nice things about it is the back also has a, an extra color photo on it, and it has kind of a dull finish to it. And so it's, you know, you're not getting something signed over a bunch of text or something. If you get, if you get the back of it signed, it's actually, uh, it makes it pretty good, uh, pretty good for an autograph. Sweet. Now I want to point out uh, just something that's caught my eye from this set and in the set we were just talking about the Battle of Los Angeles sets and you you made mention to it in your column about it, it being kind of a throwback to the, an early WC, WCW set is just the retro feel to it man uh, it's you know Tops has the WWE license now and what they put out is is really cool like I I loved their heritage last year because it did look like eighty seven Tops. But this, seven tops, yep. but this uh this retro feel for these cards, these independent sets, it's just it's it's almost like being a kid again, getting to see this uh just these crazy crazy designs and I, I really I really dig it. How do you how do you feel about the designs? Yeah, I like them too. I mean uh the Brian has done a great job with his sets. The first one was designed after uh, and I can never keep the two of them straight. I think Impel was the one that made the the bright colored WCW ones that have mm-hmm. kind of the the bright yellow background with kind of some confetti look on it. And then uh, a company called Championship Marketing made a WCW set, which was black and had kind of a gold border on it. Kind of looked like early 90s Leaf baseball cards. Okay. And uh, so he, he based his second set off of that. And then uh, this this third set, yeah, is, is kind of a design all its own, but it man, it, it just feels like a throwback. And it's really cool the way he's... Just uh, the different color schemes and the borders he used on it and everything. You see there? Yeah, I'm, you, yeah, I'm still here. You get a little cut out there. We'll be okay. We'll edit that out. Okay. All right. Um. So so let's move on. Let's talk about your time. I mean, and obviously you're you're a collector. You know what you're talking about here. But are you? Are what? I guess my first question is, where did you grow up? Because you have you seem to have a passion for uh, wrestling that's not. You you just don't hear it today in the industry. Like for instance, I grew up here in the Dallas Fort Worth area, so I was. Uh, blessed enough to have the WCCW around. What what was the uh, uh, what was the uh, what was the organization that you grew up with? Well, I actually grew up in uh, Colorado Springs. Okay, and, uh, Colorado 
before the the expansion of the WWF in the eighties had been kind of more of an AWA town or AWA state. But I didn't uh, I didn't wasn't really watching. Then I got in like a lot of people did watching Hulk Hogan and the Rock and Wrestling cartoon and things. Um, but once I got in, I was I was all in and I was watching everything I could find on cable from you know the NWA and AWA and I love world class and uh, I had a had a neighbor who lived a couple houses down who had she was a friend of my mom's who had a nephew that was from the Dallas area and uh, he would record all of the the world class shows and uh, he'd come visit each summer and he'd bring me tapes of the world class shows and uh, and I just love that stuff world class was so cool I mean it, 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 if I could go back and in time to uh, any period in wrestling, I would love to just be in attendance in the sportatorium during that time for the, the Freebirds and Von Eric stuff. It was, um, it's, it's some of the best memories I have of my childhood is being, being in the sportatorium on, on a Monday night when they record and then watching on Saturdays to see if we could see ourselves in the crowd. I cannot tell you how many times I hid under my chair when Kamala came down the aisle because we always sat, we always sat on uh, on the hillside. So uh, whenever Kamala came down, it was it was uh, just the scariest thing to me. It turns out he's a really nice guy. <laughs> um, K- yeah. Kabuki uh, is another one that comes to mind. I mean, everybody knows the Von Erichs and the Freebirds, but it's it was those guys that came through there that uh, that maybe weren't this, these huge stars nationally, but were absolute stars here. In this, here in Texas, that uh, really caught my like Kabuki and and well Kamala ended up in the WWF, but uh, you, like guys like Gino Hernandez, who who would have been an absolute star on any stage, who died tragically in in Houston. Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, um, world class has kind of uh, with with autograph collectors has kind of become a lot of the uh, the white whales for autograph collectors are guys from world class. Um, Sadly, a lot of that has to do with, you know, guys, a lot of guys that passed away at a young age. But, uh, I mean, Bruiser Brody, David Von Erich, Kerry yeah. Von Erich, um, uh, Gino Hernandez, those those autographs are really, really rare. And, and the, the occasion that you do find them, um, you know, that was one of the really cool things Leaf did with one of their wrestling sets a couple of years ago was they did a, a cut signature set that had so many great names in it, Andre the Giant mm-hmm. and Gary Hart. And uh, just guys who, who, you know, obviously we don't have access to them today to, to get autographs from those. So to see them do that was really cool. You know, Brian, uh, Mr. Gray does a, a, a very good job with the, his wrestling sets. I know that his pride is kind of hockey and everything, but I think what he does with his wrestling sets are amazing, especially like the uh, the originals or the uh, or the buyback products that he's been doing in the last couple of years. I really enjoy those. Um, with back back to the back to world class. You, you mentioned Bruiser Brody, who who was uh, well. I, there's no other nice way to say it. he was murdered in a shower. That that man could have he could have been he could have been on top of the world, and and he just never he never went to New York. But uh, he he was an absolute star here. Who could could he could have anything he wanted? So to find a Bruiser Brody autograph would be amazing. I happen to have one. I have a I have a program. Uh, that's uh, at my mother's house. If she'll ever give it back to me, it's it's signed by all the Von Erichs. It's signed by Brody. It's signed by the Freebirds. Kabuki's on there. It's uh, it's a real treasure that I have. That's that's put away from me. That I'm not. I'm you know one day I'll I'll get it back from my mom's house. But it's something that I I'm really blessed to have and blessed to be able to be a, a child of the of world class wrestling. Oh, that's amazing. I'd, I'd love to see that if you ever get some pictures up. It's a uh... Wow, what a piece of history! Yeah, I definitely, I definitely can get pictures up easily. Uh, what, what are, what are some names out there? I mean, you, you've mentioned, uh, you mentioned a few already, but what are some names that uh, you are seeing uh, on the independent scene that uh, are making a name for themselves right now that could end up potentially on on a tops WWE card pretty soon, or in the near future? Uh, as a wrestling fan of the independent product right now and, and not so much of a, of a fan of the WWE product, the wrestling product. Uh, I hope none of these guys <laughs> do show up in WWE anytime soon. Amen. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, you know, obviously, um, uh, all of the bullet club guys, Marty Skrull, um, Cody, the young bucks, um, hangman page has really, um, gathered a lot of steam in the last couple years. Um, 
a lot of the guys from New Japan. That was something that Leaf did that was really cool last year with their Heroes of Sport was kind of sneaking in some of the New Japan guys. In there. Right, right. And and for Brian to have the foresight to to get those guys in there was just awesome. I mean, he had Omega and Kazuchika Okada and Tetsuya Naito and Tanahashi. I mean, just it was great seeing those guys in there. Um, other independent guys, I think uh, I've, I've mentioned MJF's name, uh, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, a couple times. Sure. He's somebody who's, I think, 23 years old and uh, seems to me like he's destined for uh, the WWE because he just has that real personality more than more than a lot of people you see. He's the, uh, he's the uh, trust fund baby who's better than you and you know it, and uh, he's just he's fantastic. Um, Bandito, I think, is a guy, um, and, and I'll be honest, I... As much as I know about wrestling, I didn't know much about him until seeing him at All In, and uh, he really impressed me. And he he had a, hit a good run at the PWG uh, Bola tournament this year. Uh, Bandito's a guy I think. Um, Jeff Cobb wouldn't surprise me to see him show up in WWE at some point. Um, yeah, there's 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 a lot of guys out there, a lot of talent. Um, uh, a lot of the New Japan guys, I don't think I was you know Shinsuke Nakamura obviously in WWE, but I I don't think we'll see. Kazuchika Okada or some of Will Ospreay or some of those guys. Um, and I, that's something, those are questions I get a lot too, are, you know, where can I get cards of, you know, Will Ospreay or Kazuchika Okada or Tetsuya Naito or those guys. And, uh, you know, the, the BBM cards from Japan, the Japanese cards, um, are incredible, but good luck finding them. The, the autographs are just really hard to get. Sure. I mean, they just, they're, they're not, and it's not so much that they're expensive, it's just a matter of finding them. Right. And yeah, you're 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 absolutely right about those. Um, we opened up some BBM baseball cards, and autographs for out of those were, were just scarce as well. Uh, you brought up Omega; he obviously was in in Brian's product last year, but he's a guy that is just like probably full fledged, full scale on his way to uh, to superstardom. And you know, we've we've seen him once in the WWE, and he 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 flamed out, and he's went over to New Japan and redefined himself. Is, I, I hope that he never. I hope. I hope he never comes back. I hope he always stays uh, out there on the independence and 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 with New Japan. But that seems like he's going to land back in the WWE eventually. He's a guy that his autographs on a certified autograph, like from Tops, might sell through the roof. Is, is that fair to say? Because his fandom is just so big right now. Yeah, absolutely. He's got. Um... The, the, I actually picked up my son as a big fan of Kenny Omega and I actually picked up for him uh, right in the uh, first part of 2016. We somehow managed to find his BBM autograph from Japan from 2011. Um, and I think we paid 65 bucks for it. And I've since seen it sell for uh, 300 and upwards of like 450. Wow. Um, and then his, then his leaf autographs, obviously um, every now and then you'll see one that's fairly low, but for the most part, um, they sell pretty high, you know, that's, you're looking at, you know, for a basic one, probably 75 bucks. And then, you know, the numbered ones, sure. you're looking at considerably more. Now, another name I wanted to bring up is, uh, is somebody who is having a direct feud with, with Omega right now. That's, that's Chris Jericho, Mr. Y2J. He, the way he is reinventing himself every time he steps in a ring is just amazing to me. He is my favorite all-time wrestler. And I just wanted to know your thoughts about what, what, what he's doing with, with Y2J and, and I know that he's semi-retired, but I mean, the stunt that he pulled it all in was, was just awesome, but he's been doing that for like the last year or a half, maybe two years. It seems, what are your thoughts on uh, Y2J right now? Uh, honestly, I, the match that he did with Kenny Omega at, um, Wrestle Kingdom in New Japan yeah, last yeah. January, right? I think was the best match I've ever seen him have. And, uh, it's, it's a real testament to him and how he's able to be, to reinvent himself. He's not, Young as young as he was, he's not as agile as he was, but he's smarter than he's ever been. And working a style that the crowd just eats up, it's it's amazing. Like you said, watching him reinvent himself. And, you know, somebody who's who's seen him, followed him from, uh, you know, the, the times he showed up in uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling in the early '90s through WCW and WWE. Um, I think the stuff that he's doing right now is is the best stuff that he's ever done. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. He is uh, just a it's a real pleasure to watch. He's He's everything that I wanted him to be. Like I think we all want he, everything he wanted to be back in WCW, and now he's he's a full fledged superstar, which he has been for years now. But this new this new thing that he's doing 
is is amazing. I loved that Judas shirt that he wore uh, at All In. It oh, was yeah. I was I was at Hot Topic the other day looking for some Funkos, and they had it on sale in there for like twelve bucks. I was like, I got to get this shirt. This is I absolutely have to have this. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, and that's that's one thing. You know, we we talked about Kenny Omega going to WWE or not. And those guys. That's one of the things that I respect the most about those guys is how they've been able to succeed on their own without the machine behind them. I mean, uh, Cody, the Bucks, and Omega in particular, just making it big without having to go to WWE and, and helping show other guys that there are other, you know, there's other options out there other than, than WWE. All In was, was awesome. Um, and WWE's product right now is just, it's, it's just not good. I mean, I, I've, I've been a fan since 1985, and uh, this past summer I stopped watching Raw because it's just, yeah, I just found myself watching it and being angry at how bad the product was. I actually, and I'm sorry, I cut you off there. I actually just canceled my network subscription. I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Wow, wow, and that's too bad. And you know, it, it is. Tops does a great job with WWE cards, and uh, you know, Mattel does some cool stuff with their figures. And so, I love what Tops does with them. I love the personalities in WWE, but just as a week to week television show, it's it's just bad. Yeah. It, it is bad. Even my son, who is eight, who this is like prime wrestling age for him, right? He's he's like, Dad, yeah. I, can, he's like, can we watch Impact? He's asking me to watch Impact. That's how bad <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I'm just, it's, I'm like, it's horrible. We're we're lucky enough to have a Ring of Honor here on Saturday nights. It comes on a little late. I think it comes on around ten o'clock. But uh, I'll I'll DVR it and let him record and let him watch that the next day or something. But the the, the WWE oh, yeah. in ring product is just. Or just the it's it's bad. I don't like it at all, not at all. All right, man. We're gonna wrap this up, but before we do, I want to let my uh, listeners know where they can follow you, where they can find your work, and uh, you know, all that good stuff. Can you hit us up with your social media, please? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Publisher uh, column with the torch usually once a week, sometimes twice a week. You can go to pwtorch.com, search there, find my name. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at m more writer w r i t e r. Uh, if you want to shoot me an email, it's michaelmorewriter at gmail.com. There you go, guys. Go check him out. Give him a follow. Uh, if you are a fan of Pro Wrestling Torch, which has been been around for a very long time, uh, just go check out the website. And uh, not only the collectibles column there, which Michael writes, but there's there's a whole plethora of information that you you can dive into. Uh, before we get out of here, one more thing. You said you were looking for some new podcasts to listen to, and you've been listening to ours lately. I think you very Thank you very much for that. But what are some wrestling, some what are some of your uh, favorite wrestling podcasts outside of uh, uh, something to wrestle with with Bruce Pritchard because everybody loves that one? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the Torch um, does some great stuff. In particular, Bruce Mitchell, the Bruce Mitchell Audio Show, which is a VIP. But uh, a couple of uh, a little more out of the way and obscure ones that I'm going to mention. Uh, two guys by the name of uh, Whitmire and Bryant Williams do a podcast called Katie Vick is Alive Alive. Uh, it's kind of more of a more of a satirical kind of look at what's going on in wrestling. I think it's, it's fantastic. Their humor is great. Um, I highly recommend that. And then uh, one of my other favorites is a guy by the name of Jeff Bowdrin, who's been around for a long time, wrote for the Wrestling Observer for years. Um, uh, he and uh, his partner, uh, Mary Rose, have a podcast called uh, Breaking Kayfabe, and theirs is really, really good. It's more historical okay. uh you know it kind of looks back at some different things and then they, they cover other topics besides wrestling Sweet. and then uh, one more i'll throw out is uh uh there's a uh book in the town or book in the territory sorry um podcast uh btt pod is uh fantastic it's uh a guy by the name of mike mills and uh two of his co-hosts and uh it's, it's definitely the humor is definitely more adult in that but they look back at old uh They've got a couple of mainstream the main shows that they do. They've got uh, they cover um, old NWA shows from the '80s, and then they cover old Smoky Mountain shows from the '90s, and uh, go over from start to finish. And, and their stuff is really good. Awesome, guys, go check out those podcasts. Check out Michael on uh, pwtorch.com. He is under the uh, well, he's under the uh, collectibles column. I believe you have to hit the uh, what what is that uh, the button there? Help me out, Mike, so I can know. There's uh, there's a, a specialist link. There's specialist. That's that what I was thinking. Probably take you to my yeah. stuff. Yeah, take him, it'll take you right there. Sorry about that. I was having a, a little brain fart. All right. Uh, thanks for hanging out, bud. I really appreciate it. And you guys hang tight, and we'll be right back.
What's going on? It's Troy Hughes from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, and you are listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. want to give a th- quick thanks to Mr. Moore for hopping on the show with us this week, uh, breaking down wrestling collecting in a way that I'm, I'm not really sure that I would, I've, I've ever thought about it. But uh, for, for a guy who is uh, tenured in the hobby, and, know, and he, he definitely knows his stuff. And if you're writing for Pro Wrestling Torch, you're not. You're no, you're no scab, so that was very cool for him to, to hop on. So it's all new to me, yeah. right? So when I listen to an interview like that, I just I come away feeling a little bit more educated. Sure. And I mean, first of all, you have a way with interviewing. Well, thank let's you. Just, <laughs> let's just say that. But um, no, I just I just I always feel a little more educated after listening to one of your interviews. So uh, that's that's going to be our third week of uh, Slamoween. We, of course, next week we're going to try to wrap it up with a big name for you. I can't give you any details yet. As who that who I'm targeting, but if it happens, it'll be pretty freaking awesome. So uh, yes, it will. If it happens, I, I all I can say if if it, if it does, I got my fingers crossed for you, man. I, me too, me too. So, so uh, that all right, that's that. Let's move on. Let's do a little bit of bucket whatevs, man. We haven't done. I haven't done a bucket whatevs segment in a, in a very long time. How long has it been? It, like so, Paul, Paul left. Paul two, left here two or three months. Yeah. And I haven't done Beckett Whatevs in two or three months, and I that that sucks for me because I kind of love I love Beckett Whatevs. So let's just do that now. We'll, we'll just jump in, and uh, he, usually at Beckett Whatevs we give an Animal Kingdom story, something crazy that happened in the, in the animal, like people interacting with animals that they shouldn't be interacting with, and that kind of stuff. But uh, we're, we're going to start with you. Let's let's break you down a little bit. I'm terrified. I'm terrified of bears. I'm terrified of bears, dude. Have you bears seen your... beats and Battlestar Galactica. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> have you seen? The Revenant with uh, with uh, DiCaprio. DiCaprio. Sorry for tapping. It's fine. Uh, I've seen. <laughs> it's all right. Here's the thing, man. Yeah. Uh, no, but but it's because I have kids and I can't sit down for three and a half hours to watch. It is a long, yeah. movie. But I'll, I'll send. I'll send. Have you seen the bear? Like, clip? yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I've seen that. So I think it's weird getting like a fear of something so late in life. Yeah, it's all like, oh yeah, I was a kid and this happened to me. Like I ran into an alligator, like head first or something <laughs> like that. But like that phobia of bears literally started when I was like twenty three. Wow. So um, yeah, I mean, that, 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 so no bears for you. All right, let's break you down a little bit though. You where where are you coming from? Where, where'd you grow up? I actually grew up in uh, Hearst Eulis, Bedford. Okay, I, I grew up in Eulis. I emigrated, and I don't think I've told you this yet, but I emigrated to the United States from Bosnia and Herzegovina. Okay, I was born there in ninety one, and then. You you probably know you probably know about this, but um, th- there was a war that right. broke out yeah. between Serbia, Croatia, yep. and Bosnia, and yep. basically the dissolution of Yugoslavia and all that stuff. And um, as a result of that, my dad, who I like to tell this story whenever I can, but basically my dad was like a war fighter over there. Okay, so things got bad in Bosnia, and right, my did, dad yeah. basically built up enough money doing things to afford a plane ticket. To America, there you we go. ended up in here in Dallas, and here's where we stayed. My mom and dad they live in uh, Bedford. We moved to Euless. I just stayed here ever since, man. There you I've go. gone back um, a couple times, sure, but I wish I I wish I could go back more. But what, what's it like going back to a country like that? That's obviously been war torn, and it's it, it is it anything at all like you remember it in. So the weird part is I can't remember okay. much of like because I was so young during the war. Sure. And like me and my mom and my dad, we were like smack dab in the middle of the city during the war. Not sure I'm how I'm here, to be honest with you. But when I went back, have you ever seen um, Children of Men? Yeah. It's like that. I kid you not. Okay. It's terrifying. But my dad and brother went back last year and they say, oh, it looks just like Dallas now. I'm like, okay. So it's been it's been fixed basically. The money was there and I guess it was fixed. But yeah, when I went back when I was like 17, 18, it was there was like bullet holes in every single sure. building. Um some shop like windows were still like blown out and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just crazy. I remember in 2003 we um so we there this was my first deployment. Yeah. And we were there just after the initial push through that the Marines did uh, through through back. you been? Yeah. Not oh. no in Bosnia, not in Bosnia, in Iraq. Oh. In Iraq. So we were in I'm sorry. Uh we were in Iraq and uh-huh. this is this is just after the first initial push through. Can't imagine. Uh what it and looked like. like I was expecting this beautiful country and it's still there. Like if you look if you look hard enough, it's still there. Bones are still there. Yeah, but it's like it was just ravaged. Absolutely yeah. ravaged by war. And Gotta, then mm. then when I went back the second time uh to Iraq uh, later in 2006 it was 
like it was just it was a sad state of affairs. They say it'll take about a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, to probably. get back to its original state. Probably if even if even if it's able to do that economically. Yeah, yeah. But all right, so Bosnia. Yeah. Uh, in your 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 geeky thing, your geeky geek of uh, a lover of geek things. So it all uh, happened when my dad he like came home one night and he was just like, "Hey man, here's here's an old Sega Genesis. Okay, that I found at a pawn shop. I'm not sure what this is. I think it's like some sort of VCR, but <laughs> 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 here you go. And uh, I plugged it in somehow, just automatically knowing how. My dad he also bought me like a copy of Mickey Mania for it. All right, that's kind of where it started because then I played Mickey Mania and I was like. What is video games? Sure, this is amazing. And then I went out and I got Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic, see, it's, it's Sonic funny. the Hedgehog changed everything, man. S- sir, you are you are a Segway machine, and you don't even know it. Uh, because later <laughs> later in the show, we're going to talk about uh, Dallas Fan Expo. I'm sorry, Fan Day is happening this this coming weekend, and uh, we'll be there with uh, as a as a media presence, uh, checking out the show floor and everything. Awesome. But Jaleel White is going to be uh, one of the guest signers at the show. You might remember him as Urkel from uh, Family Matters. Whoa. Uh, what does he even look like now? Well, he, he looks very Urkelish. He, he looks, but the thing the thing to know here. He was jacked once, right? Yeah, he was. But uh, now he's older, so now, now he's Urkel. Yeah. Uh, okay. The thing to know here is that he was a voice on Sonic the Hedgehog. Was so he? You, you tied it all in and you didn't even know it, man. That's amazing. Yeah, so there Wait, you go. Who did he? Do you know? No, I don't. I'd have to look it up. I but, need to look that up. But he was he was definitely uh, a Sonic the Hedgehog voice. He was probably Tails. He was probably, probably Tails. Yeah. Uh, also, let's just go ahead and uh, run down the rest of this lineup here since we're uh, talking about it already. Good lineup. Uh, Good lineup. Bret Hart, which is and he's I mean, the best on. there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Keith, I'm sorry, Carl Urban from Star Trek, Jennifer Morrison uh, from Once Upon a Time and House, mm-hmm. Ray Park, who played uh, Darth Maul, uh, in Star Trek, Manu Bennett, Bennett, who is an Arrow. Uh, Christy Swanson is the one that I'm really. Uh, I want to see her. I want to talk to her just because she was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and it's Christy Swanson. Jaleel Legendary White. Show. Uh, Jaleel White, as we uh, as we mentioned, Kevin Sorbo, Hercules, um, John D. Lalance, who was uh, oh, who, he was the droid on. Oh, he was Q. I'm sorry, he was Q on Star Trek. Jason David Frank, the red is the Green Power Ranger, or the red, uh, green, green, and green. then uh, probably, probably the second biggest name on the list. I don't know why he's so far down, but Corbin Burnson, uh, who right, right, is is on this list. I don't know why he's got like fourth or fifth billing here. Any it's kind of fa- strange. He, he, third, at least behind Carl Urban. Yeah, right. Any fan of Star Trek: The Next Generation or Major League would suggest that he would be. He should be up higher. But uh, he's he's on, he's like fourth billing. That's, also that's got weird. some. Uh, it looks like they're just starting with um, voice actors. So it looks like yeah. the first voice actor announced was um, Chris Sabat. Yeah, uh, he's a voice actor for uh, Vegeta, as you know. He also does. I mean, he's a prolific voice actor. Um, he also does like the voice of All Might and like thousands of. I'm literally saying like thousands of characters in video games and anime. So legendary voice actor. And it looks like um, there's going to be, if I'm not mistaken here. Um, Scott Hepburn, um, Spider-Man, Deadpool, yeah, uh, and you also got Dave Dorman. Um, he's an amazing illustrator. Um, earlier in the intro of the show, you mentioned the uh, Darth Vader comics. Right. He does illustrations for the Darth Vader comics right. as well, and of course, um, David DeGrand, SpongeBob. Yes, SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, f- f- Fan Day is this year shaping up to be a really killer show. Yeah, it's going to be um, absolutely a fun show. It's going to be our third time as a as an entity, Beckett as an entity at uh, at a com at a fan day slash fan I expo. I went two years ago. It's interesting. Yeah, so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. Going to be hanging around the floor there, talking to as many people as we can, uh, getting interviews and and just maybe some video and just. Going live if we can and, and checking it out from the floor to you get you, you gotta that, get yourself in interview mode. Yeah, you, that, you, that, that that the cobwebs just take them off. I'm I'm more intrigued to bring our listeners' views from the floor because like that's cool. The, what goes on on a on a, an expo floor is insane. It's oh, just yeah. absolutely insane, oh, yeah. and it's something that has to be seen once. And the, you know the thing there is that we 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 always tie we always tie it back to collectibles. The amount of collectibles on the floor, whether it's Legos—that's insane—Legos, comic books, even sports cards and non-sports Everything. cards—it's all there, and it's uh, very, very. 
interesting. To Plus, say some the of least. the talent you see just walking around in as far as like cosplay goes, right? I don't know how. I don't know how some of the. Oh my god! Uh, two years ago when I went to Fan Days, I think I saw like a like a replica Iron Man Mark Six or Seven. It was perfect. I mean, it, it looked like it was from the film, right? Or from one of the Avengers or Iron Man movies. So it's 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 nuts. You guys are gonna have fun. Uh, please, for sure. Please join us as we uh, give you as much coverage from there as we, as we can. For your uh, for your Dallas listeners too, it looks like tickets are still available. Twenty dollars. Yeah. yeah, not bad. Not uh, bad at all. Go ahead and get them online now because if you get them at the door, they're gonna be a little more expensive. Right, they're about so, thirty thirty five. Yeah, so go ahead and pick them up now. Um, that's that. Or let's let's talk about something that happened. Uh, in the world, just in the world this week, and that is the passing of Microsoft founder Paul Allen. Paul Allen, yeah. Um, very, I mean, it's sad on all occasions, right? It, it, no one, no one wants to to die, right? And and I'm I'm not trying to be morbid or anything, but uh, in, you, what did he pass of? Do you, he do you he know? it was cancer. Okay, uh, but the the thing is here, and speaking of cancer, before I get any any further in into that, actually, you know, we'll save that just for a minute. Sure. Paul Allen was a collector. Did you know that? No. He what did was, he collect? He collected things that you and I could uh, only dream of collecting. I mean, you're, if you're Paul Allen, you got the wallet for it, right? Exactly. Uh, let's start with his <laughs> air, let's start with his airplane collection. He was a collector of full sized World War II airplanes. Wow, that is insane. How much do you, you think one of how much do you think an airplane goes for? But like from the World War II era, right, restored know, vintage. Yeah. Like, how do you even? He had a hangar, and he had these planes in there. It is unbelievable. The man was uh, 44th wealthiest in the world. He, he had he when he passed, he had a net worth of 26 billion dollars. B with a billion with a B. What do you do with that? It, well, you buy airplanes. You buy planes. You That's buy what airplanes. you do with it. Oh my uh, god! He's got a he's got a website here, uh, the FHCAM, the collection, theflyingheritage.org. You can check it out there. You can check out his collecting collection of airplanes and World War II memorabilia, which is insane. It's just absolutely insane that the stuff that this man had. Speaking of insane, so it looks like not only does he own the Trailblazers, but he owns the Seahawks? He, he owned the Seahawks and the Trailblazers. Oh, my God. So the Trailblazers was uh, – he was a basketball – he owned the Trailblazers before he owned the Seahawks. Okay. So he, uh, he owned – he owned the Trailblazers, and owning the Seahawks was more like of a civic duty for him because okay. he was that the Seahawks were going to move to Los Angeles, like they were going to up and move to Los Angeles because they couldn't get a stadium built. So, in the era of um, billionaires trying to get communities to, to pay for stadiums, Paul Allen stepped stepped in, bought the team, and he built the stadium. Oh my God! So uh, he was he he did that to. So the team wouldn't move. It was more of a civic duty of his love for, uh, for the 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 city of Seattle. Yeah. And another thing that Paul Allen collected was artwork. Like he has he has an art collect or he had an art collection that would rival like any museum in New York or Washington oh, D.C. or anything like that. Did you, did you hear about what happened with that uh, Banksy portrait? Painting? No, I didn't. Um, so Banksy is one of the most right. renowned artists in the world. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows who he is. Um, at an auction, um, I think it was last week, um, a collector purchased one of his works, and then it was, um, I think, remotely set on fire. So Weird. you can imagine what. Weird. Yeah, very strange little story, but it makes sense. Huh. It, it, it's something. It, it seemed like something Banksy would do. Have you ever seen that documentary on Banksy in on Netflix? You know, almost. I hover over it. But I haven't ever actually seen it. You should you should take the time to sit down and watch it, especially yeah. if you're talking to me about Banksy now. Yeah, please exit through the gift shop. Is a I love right, documentaries. Right. It is a grade A documentary. It's something that you really need to see. Okay, it's very interesting. Um, I've watched it a few different times, but uh, it's it's worth it. And then another thing that Paul Allen collect, uh, collected were super yachts. What's a super yacht? A super yacht is a yacht that is super. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's got powers, I guess. I don't know. What? <laughs> no, it's he. He collected. He had more than one yacht. Okay. And he he loved he loved. When I his think super yacht, I think of Conor McGregor post Floyd Mayweather fight. Whenever he was on social media, and he was like, he had his yacht. Right. We all remember his like famous yacht or whatever. But then he saw that Russian yacht. Yeah, that Russian yacht. And he so had like yacht. that. That's crazy. I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're Paul Allen. The, this, the, if you, if you, the Independent has a uh, 
has a uh, story up right now. It, it was out just like 12 hours ago, so you can go check it out. It was written, I want to give proper credit here if I can, if my page will, uh, by Chris Stevenson. It was up actually a day ago, so you okay. can go check it out. Uh, Alan spent the wealth he gained from Microsoft on everything from space flight to searching for the Second World, for second world War Rex as well as a personal Boeing 757 and later bought by Donald Trump. All right, so he was he was the collector of super yachts, and that means these are yachts are just, they're not your average yachts. One of them was actually rumored to have its own submarine. For what purpose? Yeah. Uh, either way, I mean, the man just, it looks like he, it looks like he uh, contracted cancer back in 2009, mm-hmm. and, or I'm sorry, 2008, and uh, it went into remission, but uh, looks like uh, he lost that battle this year. Yeah, so. he, yeah. It's um, horrible, horrible to fairly that fairly young, um, sixty five years old. I mean, he looks like he just reached the age of retirement, unfortunately, um, and um, didn't leave behind any uh, any children. Uh, looked like he was considered a little bit reclusive, unlike yeah. unlike Mr. Gates. No, yeah. So yeah. no children, no wife. That means you know you're not losing half that money up front. Yeah. So uh, just a little a little follow up here on the super yacht. Uh, he owned a number of luxury yachts, the crown jewel of which was the Octopus, a 414-foot behemoth that reportedly cost the tech giant around $200 million to build and includes a swimming pool, two helipads, a cinema, and enough cabins to sleep dozens of guests. Oh God, look at this thing. The after parties abroad, aboard the vessel when it was docked for the, for the Cannes Film Festival are said to be the the stuff of legend. The octopus even houses its own submarine that is said to be able to sleep up to 10 people. So, so to replicate this, I need to start a microcomputer revolution right. in the 70s. Do you see this thing? Yeah, it's, 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 it's like massive. A, it's yeah. like a compound on, right. the, on the water. It certainly is. Oh my God, it's uh, a Gundam. I, I, we, this podcast is really all about collecting. Yeah. So, uh, the, the, it, uh, that doesn't mean just sports cards and, and comic books and everything. That, sure. means, that means stuff like this. And, it's again. It's sad that he passed, but this is a guy that did a lot of good with his money, yeah. and he. Uh, this is a his collections are, are stuff of legend, to include the largest Jimi Hendrix collection really uh, on the planet. Like so, his so, guitars. Like so, stuff? yeah that that Whoa. was the that was the crown jewel of his uh, of his Jimi Hendrix collection was the guitar that Jimi played at Woodstock. So it that's if you wanted to know he it, owns that. It, yeah, it's on display now at a. a at a at a museum, but it, it, it belonged to Paul Allen. That's that's who owned it. Wow. So, uh, a collector of heart. Uh, he. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, was, he was just. He was a very very awesome uh, guy all around. All yeah. around. Uh, I've seen him a few times in Seattle. Walked past him or whatever. Oh, yeah. uh, not not anything ever sure. more than that. But uh, he was he was absolutely uh, a pleasure in the Seattle. Area always kept and, quiet. Yeah, kept quiet. Never kept heard anything himself. bad about him. Just, nope. just helped for Microsoft and then yep. lived off of that. It was amazing. He owned forty-five U.S. patents. So, really? yeah, I imagine that he didn't just stick with Microsoft. Actually, now that I think about it, yeah. All right. So, uh, with that being said, uh, I want to take take time to stop down here and mention my friend Stuart Payne from Let Me Get That Potograph. Stu, um, by now, if you haven't heard, I'm, I'm sure you have. Uh, just this is absolutely horrible. Last Friday, he went into because uh, he, he went into the doctor to he had a headache and he came away from that appointment or from that visit with stage four cancer in his lungs and his liver and oh. a, a brain tumor. They had he had surgery on Monday, about a nine hour surgery to remove the tumor, but uh, he he's in for one hell of a fight. With that being said. If you know Stu at all, if you've if you've ever met him, you've you've met one of the kindest people you've ever met in your life, and uh, he's a fighter. He's in great spirits, and he he knows that he's he's facing this battle, and he's doing it head on. So, uh, guys, uh, you all you all know my views on Christianity. You know that that uh, that I'm a believer, and I'm I'm a big believer in prayer. Please pray for Stu. Pray for his family. And if that's not you. Do what send good vibes. I don't care what you do. Just send whatever you can towards him. He is a fighter, uh, and I I believe that he's uh, he's going to pull through this. But um, Stu is in a in an, uh, in a place right now where he needs a lot of friendship and a lot of support. So uh, there are some T-shirts being sold. Go check them out on Let Me Get That Photographed. Uh, they have some Stu Strong T-shirts. He is a Panthers fan, so that 
that uh, mantra that they have, keep pounding, is is something that they're really uh, driving forward for for Stu. Uh, just just please 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 pray for him. Please pray for my friend, and uh, we'll just lift him up and keep him in good spirits as as, uh, as he needs them. Don't mean to bring the show way down doing that, but uh, just wanted wanted to get that out there. Hey, we're all uh, we're all cheering for him. Yeah, uh, we love you, Stu, man. The, we we got you here. Uh, I hate that a term that I hate. Uh, you'll you'll get to know this about me uh, is like the simplicity stuff of like when some like on Facebook and somebody has oh I have this test or whatever and somebody immediately comments you got this that's retarded I I don't like that at all I mean <laughs> that's not the worst thing I've seen on Facebook yeah, but, just in the past hour yeah but yeah it, no I get that yeah. it's it's kind of it's generic and not I know not you know it's just specific. like a, what is that like a pet peeve for for you or it's something it's just a pet peeve it is a pet peeve okay it's it's also like when uh for prime example my youngest son is turning 2 in a couple of weeks in 2 weeks he's turning 2 okay Tough, and, tough year. Uh, people, people will uh, po- will comment. We'll, we'll post a picture because that's what we do. We're parents, and people will comment something like, "Oh, I know. Oh exactly my god, I can't, going. I can't believe how big he's getting." I'm like, "Really? No, you, you can't. Like humans you, age. You that's what it is. No, it's not even that. It's okay. Like for me, similar vein. Um, like 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 parents will post pictures of their kid and be like, "How is this possible?" I'm like, sure. "Well, evolution. Yeah, well, yeah. Like yeah. biology. Yeah." <laughs> I'm like, how, the, con- my, how are you this big? I'm like, well. Every time I see it, I respond with, "Does the concept of time elude you?" Like, yeah, do you I, not. It, it, okay, I get it. It irks. <laughs> it irks me too. I, it has no reason to irk me, and it's probably more on my end than right. theirs. But I get it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, definitely a funny little uh, quirk of mine. And sorry if I've offended anybody out there. I don't mean to, but it is what it is. All right, let's wrap this show up. We, we got to get back to work. Um, before we do, though, just want to mention again. I have high hopes in my heart that we will end Slamoween with a very nice guest. Uh, hoping that happens. If it doesn't, oh, then, yeah. then we'll we'll make it. We'll make something else come through. But uh, I want to just thank everybody for hanging out, uh, enjoying Slamoween with us this month. And as we go into November, I believe we're going to do a little non-sport November giveaway, which will include Star Wars and, and just a bunch of everything else that that we have in the office to give away. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to Props this weekend or this week on Props. We reviewed. Leatherheads, Kevin and I broke down Leatherheads. Uh, Sneak Freak, uh, I didn't like the film, <laughs> but it's uh, it's okay. It's kind of a che- it's a love story with football mm-hmm. as the backdrop. And George Clooney, yeah, who I thought was just completely endearing. Yeah, he, I, you know, I I missed that I missed that episode. I'm gonna listen to it later, but uh, I I liked Krasinski in it for sure. Krasinski was amazing. Well, he was he yeah, was one of the one stars. Of the strongest was, yeah, roles. Yeah, yeah. It, this opinion. was this was 2008, so it was like right in the middle of that Office run. So uh, where did he even find the time? Yeah, that if I went back and listened to an interview with him, he was working seven days a week. He was doing five days on the set of The Office, and then two days on the set of Leatherheads. So it was. And, you know, I also saw an interview too where um, this was a while ago, but it said that The Office, even though it, it was like realistic humor mm-hmm. and realistic filming, it, that's not easy to pull off. No, that requires so much because I mean, it's just another step that you have to take as an actor. But sure. All right, uh, Eldar, you are new to the show. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and give our listeners your social media outlets so they can follow you if they like to. Sure. Um, actually, that part's really simple. Um, if you just want to check out where I am, I'm on uh, Instagram and Twitter as Eldar Talks. Uh, that's at Eldar Talks. Uh, it's E-L-D-A-R-T-A-L-K-S. I'm doing a couple things right now. Um, mainly co-hosting this show, but I'm also <laughs> writing a, uh, or not writing, I'm sorry, I'm publishing a novel that's coming out in uh, probably around January, um, just kind of like a neo-dystopian like horror thing that's coming out. And okay. So you can catch all the updates on that on my Instagram and Twitter. There you go. All right, yeah. guys. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at, at ericnorton316, or you can follow us on the Fat Packs at Fat Packs Podcast. Uh, thanks for hanging out this week. Thanks for listening until just, I'm sorry, thanks for listening until next week. Just keep listening. Cue the Drake.